Spiral Dial Sci-Fi with a Soundscape As she stumbled forwards blindly, dragging Archie after her, she could no longer see where she was. She kept running until the sounds of the chamber had faded into nothing behind them and they were surrounded by a soft blackness. She stopped. It was quiet. The smell had changed. The cavern where they had been had sometimes smelt damp, sometimes deadly, sometimes heavenly. This place smelt earthy, with a slight herbal overtone, flowery, perhaps. The only sound was that of Archie's rapid breathing. Morven, Jessica whispered, keeping the volume low lest they trigger some fresh catastrophe. There was no reply. Morven, she repeated, slightly louder. The rate of Archie's breathing slowed. He started to hum gently. The sound seemed less resonant than before. In fact, it sounded somewhat thin and scratchy. Their surroundings remained dark. Archie stopped. Jessica could feel his palms sweating against hers. He took a deep breath and started to hum again. This time, the sound had an edge to it and swung with a wild vibrato from a high wail to a sound so low that Jessica could feel it in her chest. The tunnel was completely, stubbornly dark. A clear, bright chord pierced the tunnel. The sound reminded Jessica of a church organ. She had heard these play for the first time during her military service. It had been so much more majestic than the tinny recordings she had sung along to as a child, although both were faint reflections of the music she had heard on the ship. She turned towards Archie, smiling as the sound died away. That was magnificent. His hand remained sweaty, trembling in hers so much that she could barely keep her grip. That wasn't me, Jessica. He spoke through gritted teeth. At once they were bathed in a soft white glow. They found themselves in a narrow tunnel formed from a dense, fine-grained grey rock. The dark substance was divided into sections by veins of a glowing white which formed an irregular maze, both above and below them like fragmented paving stones. As she looked down, Jessica marvelled to see that the floor of the tunnel was at least a metre below them. Their feet rested on that same green crystalline walkway that she had run onto when fleeing the cavern. Following the walkway, downhill, the glow seemed to coalesce into one point on the horizon. Squinting into the distance, she could make out a silhouette of a broad figure. It was not a shadow, but quite the opposite of that, a figure producing light rather than sucking it in. The figure held her attention as it glided closer. It seemed that in an instant it had moved from far away to right in front of them. You have no power here, human, Morven spoke. Do you wish to turn back? Speak now, if so. The way is long and the time is short. Archie took a deep breath once more, intending to sing, but Jessica hushed him with one filthy glare. Thank you, Morven, for helping us. I do apologise for my friend's behaviour. He can be a little, a little thoughtless at times. Archie spluttered as Jessica continued. I don't fully understand why we are here or where you are taking us. 
Could you explain? Morven considered her question for a moment. Why you are here, I cannot help you with. Only God knows the answer to that question. Where I am taking you, you will find out. Come with me. We can talk on the way. He strode off down the tunnel at a swift pace. As he did so, the light followed him, and the brightness dimmed until it seemed they would soon be left in darkness. Archie stood behind her, arms folded, shaking his head. Ah, uh -uh, darling, absolutely no way. My nerves simply won't take it. Your nerves, Jessica retorted. What, Tosh? You're coming whether you like it or not. He refused to move. Fine, in that case I'm going without you, Toodle Pip. She trotted away from him, following in Morven's footsteps. As she did so, the light faded even more until she could barely see Archie. Wait! He was shouting at her, running after her. In fact, she had never seen him move so fast. She turned and walked towards him. No! Go down! Run! We need to run! He screamed. Jessica looked behind him and realised that the green walkway itself was dissolving behind him as he ran. With every step he threatened to plunge down into the depths of the tunnel, which suddenly seemed so very deep. She grabbed his hand and pulled him after her again, making rapid pace. The faster she ran, the more her feet tingled, until round in a steep corner, she caught sight of Morvan's receding back. Hesitating slightly, Archie was thrown off his stride and fell to one knee, his other leg trailing precariously behind him into the depths of the void below. Help! she shouted. Wait for us! Morvan turned. As he did so, the green surface behind them seemed to stabilise enough for Archie to pull himself back up onto both feet. Jessica grabbed his hand and dragged him towards Morven. You're destroying it! Why? I destroy nothing. I merely work with what is. Follow me and you will be safe. He turned and continued his descent. He's a madman! Archie hissed at her. I think he's trying to kill us! takes one to no one, Jessica retorted. Don't dawdle. She skipped after Morvan. She wasn't sure why, but she found his presence and sense of purpose reassuring. He looked strong and yet moved with such ease and gentleness. Jessica, this idiot nearly killed me, you know, Archie whispered. He can probably hear you, you know. You wouldn't have a life to save if he hadn't come along when he did. How do you know? Archie puffed himself up. I have my ways. Morven responded, Your ways do not work in this place. Archie fell silent. Jessica could feel his hands starting to shake. She continued to drag him after her. Morven continued, Life, death, what do they matter? They are both the same. They don't look at all the same to me, Archie replied. In life, I get to compose. In death, well, it seems to be more about decomposition. You get me? Anyway, I do feel that my legacy in particular needs to be preserved for future generations. I'm only on my fifth album after all. It would be a travesty if all of those ideas I haven't had a chance to gestate never have a chance to bear fruit above ground. Morven stretched his legs a little, increasing the pace. Archie and Jessica made haste to match him. I hope you'll bear that in mind. That's all. Archie gabbled. And don't worry, Jessica can confirm that I'm really quite understanding of people with little awareness or appreciation of culture. Morven continued to stride away from them. Uh, Morden, 
Can I call you Morden? I think your music might have potential, you know. Morden, my man. In fact, I think it could be pretty special, given a little polish. I can help you with that. It just so happens that I know all of the right people. If only you can get us all back up to the surface. I can get you heard. You dig? It's just better up there, not stuck in the damp darkness with a load of minerals. Uh, up there, you will have an audience. You can completely change your life. If only you let me help you. There was no response. Whispering to Jessica, he said pointedly, I told you he was an idiot. Some people just don't have what it takes to be successful. Morven stopped dead. Jessica very nearly walked into the back of him. She stopped close enough that as he turned, a few strands of his hair drifted into her left cheek. They were standing mere millimetres apart, transfixed. She saw that his eyes were purple, the same deep purple she remembered from the ship. Success? He spoke to Archie, but was only looking at Jessica. Success? I have already found. He turned and walked away from them. They were quick to follow this time. The earth is what matters. We are part of the earth. Whether in death or in life, the earth must continue. Otherwise, we all fail. The tunnel had become more shallow and the light colder in tone. Glancing back at Archie, his skin appeared deathly, although his breathing was quite normal. She realised that the colour was reflecting from the walls which surrounded them. The grey seemed to be shifting, mutating. Jessica looked up and realised that the smooth, fractured surface appeared to have become blue. The rock formed soft, textured pillows above and below them. As they passed, Jessica squinted to see the rock closer and realised that it was actually composed of finely interspersed crystals, swirling layers of blue and green and yellow with small, glistening red dots held within each swirl. Rubies, she gasped. They're not rubies, Archie declaimed. That, my dear, is garnet. How can you tell? Jessica asked. Archie prized one from the wall with his fingernails. Look for the rainbow, he said, holding it up to the light. Two rainbows means a ruby, one means a garnet, and these blue ones are glaucophane. Not many people know that. Jessica held it up as they walked, but could not see anything even remotely resembling a rainbow. I can't see what you're talking about, Archie. That is unsurprising, Morven said. What can the name of a thing tell you about its nature? Archie retorted. Quite a lot, actually, man of the sea. Morven remained calm. To be correct is not always to be right. You will learn that soon. These crystals are all earth as are we. We only appear different for a little while, but in the end, we are all one being, one substance, one sound. As he spoke, Jessica became aware of the sound and smell of running water. 
The pitch of the water started very high and then started to descend with them, becoming louder and louder. She could see the stream running below their feet, increasing in volume until flecks of foam appeared on the bottom of the bridge. Just as she was starting to worry that they might all be drowned, the water dropped away from them into a magnificent waterfall. They stood on the bridge, suspended above a deep chasm. The rush of the water appeared to make one deep note, resonating throughout Jessica's body. She could feel it more than she could hear it. Looking up, she saw only darkness above them. The waterfall seemed unnaturally bright blue in colour, ricocheting off the pillows of rock. All three of them paused and listened to the sound as it filled their chests. The longer she listened, the more it seemed that the water and the rock were trying to tell her something. What was it Archie had said that the blue substance was called? Holding her fingers out to catch some of the spray, she realised that the colour came not from the water but from the fine blue powder contained within it. Smiling, she rubbed the silt between her fingers and saw it fracture and break apart, leaving a faint blue stain on her hands. It felt good. She caught more and more of it, rubbing her hands together, massaging her arms and legs with the strange substance. Hypnotised, she took one small step forwards and then another, eyes held by the mass of water and rock in front of her. It seemed to call her. Reaching out, she took one final step. But she had run out of bridge, and this time she fell into the abyss, still reaching 